Thank you, Baruch Hashem. We begin another day, another opportunity to make changes. That's the purpose of life. The reason that we are put on this world, the reason we're here on this world is not just to eat and drink and uh, make sure that we have money in the, in the bank. The, the purpose of this world is for a person to change and to grow and to better himself, to make himself better. And um, one of the challenges of the Eight Sahara, one of the challenges of the Eight Sahara is for a person, is for a person to be status quo, is for a person to be, uh, to not change, and for a person to just be stuck. Right, as we've said many times from the Gra, that the biggest Gehenim is going to be the moment that a person uh, dies and a person will not be able to do anything and won't be able to make changes. As long as a person is alive, so a person has the ability to make the changes that they want to make, that they can make. That's the greatest feeling in the world. Right? Unfortunately, when someone suffers from depression, from real depression, unfortunately, what happens is, is that a person feels that they can't do anything. They feel that they're stuck. They feel they can't make any movement. The blessing of being a, a Jew, the blessing of being alive, is the fact that we know we could always make changes and we could always make things better, make things different. And that's the avoda. That's the avoda until a person does pass away. Till 120, the goal is for a person to be, to be improving. Shifru ma'asechem, right? It's one of the reasons, right? Just the chazer over. The shoifer, the reason we blow the shoifer, shoifer is from the word shifru ma'asechem, to make myself better. The whole point of Elul and Rosh Hashanah, the whole point of the Yom Noraim is to say, okay, I have this challenge, I have this problem, I have this thing that I have to work on. That's a cheshven and efesh. That's why we make cheshven and efesh. As Reb Tzaddik says, the tzaddikim tell us, there's nothing to be upset about when you see that you have a problem, that you have a bad vida. There's nothing wrong with that. Adraba. That's the whole re- reason that we learn Torah. It's the whole reason that we learn. Man That the Torah is a ner mitzvah the Torah are. The Torah gives us a light and it shines on us and it shows us what it is that I do have to work on. So I'm able to improve. And one of the things that we know is so important and is the... Uh, of something that we know we have to improve, something that we want to change and grow. And one of the things that we try every day to work on is our speech, because a person's speech is very dangerous. A person's speech is very dangerous, and a person's speech is very powerful. It can make someone feel amazing, it can make someone feel terrible. You could destroy and you could uplift. Um, so says the Chavetz Chaim. Chavetz Chaim says, discussing someone's poor financial status. Page 70, day 24 in the Chavetz Chaim, in purity of speech. Says the Chavetz Chaim, you are, not, you are not allowed to talk about the fact that someone is having financial problems. Why are you not allowed to? Because number one, it could cause him shame. It is known that people feel embarrassed when someone says, oh, that guy is going through, 
he has financial issues. Financial harm because people will not lend him money. Because they'll say, oh, he's having problems with his finances. I don't want to lend him money. And number three, people might be concerned to make a shidduch with the person because of his finances. For example, my uncle is in debt. Every few weeks he asks my father to lend him money. This statement is Lashon Hara. You're not allowed to say that. You can't say, oh, my father's in debt. My uncle's in debt. We're always lending him money. Stop and think. How would you feel if someone said that about you? Question, comments on that. And then we'll go to the next piece. Yes? What about saying that someone has a lot of money? Oh. So Yoni's asking, what about saying that someone has a lot of money? So that could be okay. But again, you have to be careful who you're saying in front of. Because if there are people who are jealous... They might right away say, eh, he doesn't have a lot of money. Ah, come on, he lost some of his money. Ah, all he cares about is money. But it could be that that would be okay to say that someone has a lot of money, depending who you're saying it to. Anyone else? Yes? Why, um, I specifically by this case, it specifies three reasons why you shouldn't buy one cannot talk bad about, uh, you know. Good. Why by this, why by this case, why does it, meaning, yeah. I don't know, we'd have to look it up. We'd have to look it up. Right, right, no, right. I'm not sure if this is the Chavitz Chaim or this is the person saying it. Yeah, I hear. I, I think, yeah, I hear. I, the only thing I could suggest, Morty, good question. The only thing I could suggest is that, um, first of all, I just want to point out, I respect that Mordechai is sitting there with the Sefer, um, you know, following it uh, on the page. I respect that very much. I do. I respect that. Um, the only thing that could possibly be, again, we'll look it up, is that, because it could be someone would say, what's the big deal? You know, financially, you know, people, some people have money, some people don't have money. What's the big deal? It's like, that's the way of the world. Alright, right, I'm just saying, but it could be that not everyone looks at it negatively. Say like, okay, so what? This guy, you know, probably depends on where you live also. Right? It probably really does. Depends where you live. Some some people it's not embarrassing to say he has to borrow money, he has to this and that. That's part of the world that they live in. But good point, Morty, I like your point. Okay. This is also something very interesting. Discussing a worker's weak Nature. Listen to this. You are not allowed to reveal that a hired person has a weak nature. Because it could cause the person to lose his job. Interesting. So you're not allowed to discuss um, that a person, that a hired person has a weak nature. Because it could cause the person to lose his job. Now again, right, obviously if it comes litoelis... If somebody is looking for a job or someone, you're looking to hire someone and you're asking someone to give you information about someone, in a case like that, it could be it's okay to mention whatever you have to mention. But just stop to say, oh, this guy is this and this and that. This guy's lazy. This guy is not responsible. Right? You say something about that person, that is something that could affect his employment. Okay. What? 
What do you mean a waiter? Got to you at a restaurant, the waiter is not good. Who do you tell if you could? Right, so Yitzi's asking, right, what do you do if you're at a restaurant and the waiter is not good? What does that mean that he's not good? He, he didn't bring you the food exactly when you wanted it? Your the food's sitting on the side for 25 minutes too long. It's the so no, yeah, who worked at a restaurant here? Where's Yossi Talbenfeld? Yeah, Yosef, you did? So what do you say? What do you do if the waiter... The only reason I'm asking what, what Yitzi's saying is like, you have to ask yourself, is it you, is it your belly that's talking or it's like it's really a big problem? It's really a big problem. Are you really concerned about, are you really concerned about the store or what do you, you have to analyze yourself? Who do you, like when you want to tell it over, you tell the waiter? Like, oh, I, like yeah, maybe. I would maybe tell the waiter, yeah. Maybe tell the waiter, I just want to give you advice in the future. I just want to give you advice. If you really care, it depends on why, where it's coming from. It's coming from your belly that you're hungry and you're angry that I didn't get my food when I'm supposed to get my food, right? Because, of course, when you get married, right, when your wife might be a little bit late with the supper, you're going to be totally... Totally, who are you going to scream at then? Yeah. Who are you going to tell? Or, or you'll say, okay, I have to have patience when I come home. I have to have patience. I mean, like, it's not like a rude waiter, not like... Okay, so if the waiter's rude, okay, then you can tell, the, right, you can tell the waiter. You tell who... Usually not the waiter, that's the problem. Usually not, I'm saying... But things that involve around the waiter, I'm saying... Right. You're saying it could be a bigger problem. Uh, they're not running it efficiently. The waiter has a lot more to dealing with other than you. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's Donnie judging the waiter Lakovskos. Right. Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, the, bo- the bottom line is, is that the more... Oh, there you are, Yossi, you knew? What does somebody do? Yossi, what, what does somebody do if uh, we have a question? There's a waiter who's, uh, who's late, right? We're talking about Lashonari. You're not allowed to say the weakness of an employee. If an employee is, is, uh, is, 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 has a weakness to them. So Yitzi was asking, what do you do if you're in a restaurant? Right? And the waiter is, is rude. The waiter is serving everything late. What do you do? Who do you tell? Who would you tell? If you're sitting in a restaurant, who would you tell from all your experience? If the manager didn't catch up. If the man, what? If the manager didn't catch up, he's doing a bad job. So it's the manager's fault. So that's what Dovi's saying. Very good. Beautiful. Shabbat Shalom. I'll tell you why I like that. I'll tell you why I like that. Because, because what Dovi's saying is that, have they done as kol ha'adam? Whenever it comes to judging someone, you've got to look at the big picture. Sometimes when you're sitting there, and you're hungry, and you're waiting, and you're waiting... Does that happen sometimes, Yossi, where people are waiting and they get frustrated at the waiter? Avada? All the time. Right, that's the person's fault. Right? Right? That's the person's fault. You come to a store, you have all these expectations, you're the king of the world, right? Serve me, serve me. Yeah, yes, that's the way it works. 
serve me, serve me, serve me, and you're not serving me to my needs, oh boy, are you in big trouble. I came here, what? Very bad review on the website. Yeah? Pure, 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 lush and hara to a lot, a lot, a lot of people. I learned yesterday, I learned yesterday at, at, uh, at home, we learned an incredible halacha. I remember learning it, I'm sure it's in here somewhere, but you remind me us, it says that when one person says Lashon Hara about somebody, so you might question whether it's true. You're sitting in a room, right? You're sitting in a room, and one person says, oh, that guy is such a selfish person. So you listening might be like, ah, okay, maybe he has beef with him, maybe he's not happy with him, maybe they have a fight to each other. Then let's say another guy peeps in and says, yes, that guy is so selfish. That second guy made it much, much worse. Why? <coughs> because if China said all he did was strengthen out that what the first guy said is true. Because otherwise, when it's one against one, when it's one against one, you might say, okay, who says that this guy's right? Maybe that guy's right. But the second it becomes a... A, uh, a public or a, a more than one person, that's when it's really, 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 really not good. And, and, and I want to say something just else. Chinuch. If you want to talk about chinuch, when you'll go out with your family to a restaurant, imagine you as the father, the, your child watching you berate a waiter. Imagine you, your, your, your children watching you get angry at a waiter as opposed to saying to the waiter, Thank you so much. How are you? What's your name? What, what's doing? And you treat them like a person. Then your children will do the same. When you're treating the waiter like a waiter, when you're treating like the waiter like your slave, so your family and your children will say, that's how we're supposed to treat a waiter. But when you go ahead and you treat someone like that with respect, they say, oh, that's how I'm supposed to treat, treat a waiter. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. This might be like us to say, but uh, I hate to ask it, but why does it seem like Jews are so much more in that type of thing than you know, like, It says, it says know, about us. It says, it's one of the reasons it's brought down. It's brought down. It's one of the reasons that we learn Torah. It's because we're very uh, strong head. We're very, we have an Avram Avinu. See, very strong to be an Avram. We're very, very strong. Very, very strong. It's one of the reasons we learn Torah is to calm us down a little bit. It sort of uh, eases us. Yeah, breaks us a little bit, yeah. Right, right, that's true. Right, right, right. Right. I mean, you took saying, I don't know, when's the last time you ate in a, in a McDonald's where you saw great? 100%. But yes, it's not... Uh, we're, we're, we're also like, it's like siblings, you know, we're, we're comfortable with each other. Sometimes a little bit too comfortable with each other. Huh? Okay, Hashem will help each and every one of us. We will be Zoha, not to speak any Lashon Hara today, every day, not to see the bad in another person. And of course, it's very normal, it's very natural when someone sees the bad. You have to remember that. It's very normal to see the bad. It's very normal to see the negative. 
The goal is to try and find the positive. That's the goal. The goal is to have gratitude. The goal is to see the good, like we learned the other day, Mesil Zusharim, Yitz Hashem will continue today, talking about a different point. But the goal is, the more you're able to find the good, and to recognize the good, and to talk about the good. That's my advice to everybody. Whether you have someone who you uh, say positive things to, whether you write down uh, positive things in a notebook, the more and more you could focus on the tov. Your life will be a different life. A guy who's constantly looking at the negative lives a different life than the guy who's always trying to find the positive. Someone who's looking and searching for the positive lives a different life. Even if you don't find it, but eventually you will. Eventually you will find it. Shem will help us and all the Jewish people will be zocha to not speak any Lashon Hara, not to be Makabal any Lashon Hara today and every day. Okay. We continue in Mesilla Susharam on page, on the, on the third page of, of Parak Aleph, of Choba Sa'adam Ba'olamo, just to give a quick chazara of the importance of a person clarifying why I am here, why am I here in yeshiva, why am I born, why did I come into this world, what is my purpose, and the more a person clarifies, who am I? As Rabbi Yisrael Salanta says, a person can live his whole life and not know who he is, not know what makes him tick. You came down into this world, you spent so much time in this world, and you don't even know yes. Is that sometimes hard to happen with people? Sorry? Is a person, is, is it every single person supposed to figure out themselves and connect to God yes. after knowing themselves? Yes. Or are some people meant to be a certain type of way all right. I mean, that that that's a question. That's a question of. That's a question. I don't know. My, I, 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 I wouldn't. I would. I would say that when you're. I would say that when a person is a hundred years old on his deathbed and he didn't figure himself out, he could then say, "Oh, I guess I was. I was a guy who was not supposed to figure myself out." But but at your age. And your hope in life is that you'll figure yourself out. That's one of the goals. That's one of the goals in life. One of the goals in life. If Rabbi Yisrael Salamter is saying that, how could a person live in this world and not know himself? Not know himself. That's Rabbi Yisrael Salamter before. Before, right? I just saw in the chat someone put on the quote chat. Oh, you should check your own status more than you check someone else's status. I didn't know what. I didn't know what he was talking about because I don't check. I don't know what that means to check a status, so I, don't, I didn't know what the point of the quote was. But 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 I guess I guess what I was thinking was I guess there's a taiva for people to check someone else's life, what's going on in someone else's life. That's after Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rabbi Yisrael Salanter was talking about before there were phones, before there's so many distractions. So the answer, to answer your question, Shimon, very clearly, to answer your question very clearly, a person's goal in life needs to be to figure himself out and to know himself. It's not my business. It's not my business 
to be a person that I could say, oh, I'm a person who's not supposed to, I don't, I don't even know what that means. Saying like, uh, there are, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't want to judge them, but I think there are people in this world, possibly, hypothetically, what happens if there are people in this world that, you know, they, uh, There's they only one to Hashem without... Shimon. I love you. There's only one person in this world who you have to worry about. And there's only one person in the world. No, 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 but I'm being serious. There's only one person in your world. Until you're married. Then there's another person in the world. But until then, there's one person in the world that you have to worry about how he lives his life. And that is you, and that's it. So I don't know. I'll change that question, okay? Good, yeah. Yes. Yes. So you're telling me now that every person's tikkun is also... No, 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 I didn't say that. What do you mean? Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Your tikkun. My I'm not talking about everyone. Your tikkun is... And somebody every, else's tikkun is to figure themselves out? <laughs> All I can say is my, te- my goal in life, and, and my goal in life, and I'm talking to everybody sitting here. Everyone's goal, I don't, when I say everyone, I don't mean people who live in Australia. Talking about everyone who's sitting here in Masil Sisharim in our yeshiva. Everybody who I'm talking to based on the Masil Sisharim needs to figure out what your life is. Who you are. Why you're here on this planet. And you've got to ask that as much as you can. That's what I'm trying to remind myself of and to teach everyone. I can't answer for anybody else. That's all. You quoted Rabbi Yisrael Sondra, you're saying now that Ramchal says the same thing. Correct. They are telling me. I don't know. Correct. They're telling me. Okay. And I'm telling you. They're telling everyone. They're, no. They're telling me, and I'm telling you. The reason I'm being, I'm doing this on purpose, because I don't want to talk about everyone. I don't know who everyone is. That's not my business. That's not my business. My business is me. My business is I got to make sure I gotta make sure that I'm asking myself the question, why I'm put in this world. I have to make sure that I am asking myself the question, what Hashem wants from me. I have to make sure that I am living the life that I need to live. Can I spread that? Can I share that with the people who are in, within my world a little bit? Absolutely. Okay, okay, fine, okay. Okay, we'll talk, yes, Yehuda. Clarify what, what what the point is. I, I don't want to get off. I don't want to get off. Usually, I, I don't. I don't mind discussing these things. I just want to really keep to the point. The point is that it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility, as much as we can, to challenge ourselves of why I'm put on this planet. Why am I here on this planet? 
Why am I here in yeshiva? What am I supposed to get out of today, Sunday? What am I supposed to do this week? What are my goals? Why am I here? What are my midos? Am I an angry guy? Am I a lazy guy? Am I a baltaiva? Am I a jealous guy? Am I a this? What triggers me? You gotta know yourself inside and outside. And what I was saying from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter is that Rabbi Yisrael Salanter said that a hundred, over a hundred years ago. He said that. So let alone in our generation when we have so many distractions of other things pulling us away. As Menachem Goldberger says, the dog is chasing its tail. We don't want to be a dog chasing its tail. But at least the dog is chasing its own tail, not somebody else's tail. So the goal of life is to make sure you know yourself inside, outside. Not comparing yourself to others. It's very, very easy to compare yourself to others. It's one of the, uh, one of the eight Saharas. Is I gotta compare myself to some right? It takes you out of it. When you're all into taivas, when you're all into honor, when you're all into jealousy, it really, really stunts a person very strong. That's number one. Number two, who had their, someone had their hand up? Who had their hand up? Someone had their hand up. Okay, number two. Number two, says the Mesil Susharim, and then we're going to go to number three. The second thing says the Mesil Susharim is he says, the ultimate good, we are all pleasure seekers. Everybody is looking for pleasure. Every person is looking for pleasure. He says it in the first three, four sentences. He says, L'sanig al Hashem, ha'tainug, ha'idun mikola idunim, umakom ha'idun. The ultimate enjoyment that a person is going to have is when he transcends the physical world and connects himself to Hashem. When a person connects himself to Hashem, that is going to be the ultimate pleasure. That's why if you see nowadays, nowadays even in the secular world, even in the secular world, they push very much, it wasn't like that back in my day when I was your age, they push very much spirituality. The reason they push spirituality is because all the gashmias, all the physical things in the world will not satisfy a person. That's why we live in a world of addictions where everyone's addicted and addicted and addicted. Why? Because everyone is chasing something that will not satisfy them. That's number two. Your satisfaction will not come from physical things. Your satisfaction will come from your connection to Hashem. Question, comments, and then we're going to go to number three. Question, comments on that. Okay, number three. The third thing, and this is what I want to talk about today. It says to Masil Sharm, here he goes. He says, Iker, the Mesil Jisharim tells us something very, very, very important. And he says like this, The world is put into our hands. The world is given to each and every one of us. There are two ways to go to the world. 
As the, uh, if anyone saw the video, Blin Eder, I'll try and post it after Sheer, the video of the rice. I don't know if anybody saw it, where the kindergarten class, they had these bowls of rice, they had these containers of rice, and what happened? They went ahead and they said good things about the rice. They had one, uh, one container of rice where they said all these beautiful things, I love you rice, you're so amazing rice, you're great rice, rice. What happened a week later? They pulled it out of the closet. The rice was white, beautiful. It was great. Then they took another container of rice and they were saying, you're bad, you're ugh, I hate you rice, you're this. And they talked negative, I'll show you the video. It's a video of, of these little kids doing this. What happened? They opened up the rice after a week. The rice was moldy, the rice was disgusting. I've read this about, about a, in, in, uh, in one of the Asian countries as well, where they did this to plants. We've spoken about this. Where they have a plant, and they talk to a plant, and they played classical music. Every morning they said, good morning to you, plant. I love you, plant. You look so beautiful, plant. And the plant grew beautifully. Then they took another plant. They played like, like punk rock, sorry. right? They played like some like like wacko music, sorry to anyone who likes that. And uh, they played all this negative uh, cursing out the, at, the, at, the, at the plant, uh, talking down to the plant, and the plant like, didn't really grow properly and was all cockeyed. There's a plant and rice. What does that show? What it shows is, is that the world, that's why in the time of Noah, why were the animals, what does that mean the animals were, were, were min b'shein amina. What does that mean that the animals were being homosexual, the animals were being uh, uh, crooked with, with, with the wrong animal, they were, they, were, they were all messed up, they had to destroy the world, just destroy people. What does that mean? An animal doesn't have bechira, a plant doesn't have bechira, so why do you have to destroy the animals? Why do you have to destroy the plants? So what's the reason? The reason is, is because the whole entire world is connected to man. When you uplift yourself, you know what happens? Everything around you is uplifted. When you're having a terrible day, when you're in a negative zone, what happens to everyone around you? You put on your negative glasses. Suddenly I put on my negative glasses and I start burning up everybody. That guy's in this. You have your, your, your terrible face on you. You have your terrible feeling inside. And then everything around you is dark and dark and dark. Wow. And then what happens? You wake up, quote unquote, on the right side of the bed. As I say, Yaakov Deitch, what I'm going to say is you wake up on the right side of your head. Not only to do with your bed, it has to do with your head. Right? You wake up on the right side of your head or you create the right side of the head that you want to wake up then suddenly everyone around you is beautiful. Good morning. You spread it. And then what happens? You get married. You have children. So instead of making your wife miserable and you having little, little miserable kids, where do they get it from? They got it from you. You create a wife who's a happy wife. You create children who are happy children. What do you do? You uplift the world around you. And that's the purpose of your being on this planet. People can come on this planet and they can destroy. 
People can come on this planet and they can destroy. People can come on this planet and they can uplift. And that's the purpose of being in this world, says the Messiah's Dusharim. The, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu told each and every one of us before we came down into this world. And he says, please do me a favor. I'm sending you down into this world. Please make sure that you uplift my world. Please make sure that you uplift my world. And Shimon, my world doesn't mean Africa. My world does not mean Australia. My world means something very, very simple. My world is the people who I'm in contact with on a daily basis. My world is my roommates. My world is, I'm going to say this to everyone here very, very clearly. Your world are your parents. Your parents, to uplift your parents. When you get to a certain stage in life, when you get to a certain stage in life, and it's difficult to get to this stage in life. Sometimes when you're in elementary school, when you're in high school, you could be looking at your parents, even post that, but I'm talking headwise. I'm looking at my parents. How can my parents lift me up? How can my parents do for me and do for me and do for me and do for me? That's a very, very normal thing for a person to think. A person can think like that till he's 30, till he's 40, till he's 50. What can my parents do for me? But I promise everybody, the second you make this switch, the second you make a switch and you say, what can I do for my parents? What can I do for my parents? How can I give to my parents? Sometimes just making a phone call and saying, hi, I just want to wish you a good day. Right? And they'll be like waiting, like, oh, what do you really want? Why do you really, how much you need, exactly. Right? No, I'm just calling to say thank you, dad. Thank you, mom. You're, 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 thank you so much. I wish you a great day. That's giving to your parents, giving to your roommates, giving to people around you. It's a different world. It's a different world. Sometimes it's a little bit harder, but as El Yakum wrote, right, as he said on that thing, it's also hard, it's also hard to be angry at everybody. It's also hard to be angry at everybody. It's also hard to be waiting for everyone to give you everything. That's also hard. That's not easy. So choose your heart. Question, comments? And then we'll wrap up for today. Yes, Shimon. Mm-mm. No, no, no. You don't need to know anything that's going on in the world. You don't have to dive for the world. Daven. If there's a tsunami and people are going to die. You don't have yeah. to worry about. You don't have to worry about. You have to worry about one tsunami. That's a tsunami inside yourself. And don't tsunami on your roommate. Don't tsunami on the guy sitting next to you. And don't tsunami on your mother or your father. Yes, I'm going to clap for that. By the way, and by the way, and by the way, if anyone wants to know why tsunamis happen, tsunamis happen because people don't worry about their own tsunami. When a Jew is not worried about his own tsunami in his life, you don't have to worry about the news, Shimon. You don't have to worry about anything. Okay, so okay, because you don't have to. You don't have to worry whether it's going to be. No. One second, one second, one second, one second, one second. You will hear, I promise you, you will hear, you will hear 
the base medrash will know what's going on. There's no reason you don't have to be you don't have to be the one who's uh, who's who's doing. It. You don't have to worry about it. Shimon. First of all, guys, Shimon makes it seem like he's a guy who's worried about everybody else. Shimon pounds himself. Shimon pounds himself. You don't have to know. At this stage in your life, I want to, I'm happy you're saying this, Shimon. At this stage in your life, that you're in yeshiva, you're 18 years old, you're 19 years old, you're 20 years old, you're 21, however, however old everybody here is average. You have one person to worry about. And that's the person, the gift that Hashem has given you to worry about. You don't have to worry about Trump and Biden. You don't have to worry about tsunamis. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about bills. You don't have to worry about anything. Your goal now, as much as you can, is to figure yourself out and learn about yourself and learn how to connect yourself to your neshama to understand why did Hashem put me on this planet. When I say why did Hashem put me on this planet, I don't mean that you're going to figure out whether you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a rabbi or a businessman. I'm not talking about how much money you're going to have in your account, all that stuff. That's the easy stuff. That's the easy stuff. You have to worry about why am I so negative? Why do I not like, why do I not have a good relationship with my parents? Why is it that I have trouble connecting to Torah? To connect yourself to the things that are the most important. Why am I giving in to my desires constantly? Why do I always, why is it hard for me to say no to things that I know are terrible for me? How come I can't stop smoking, drinking, doing stupid things? How come I can't do that? Why is it so hard for me? Those are the things. You've got to become healthy. You're in a seminar. You're in a year, two years, three years. You have all the time in the world to figure yourself out, to strengthen yourself. That's what you're here to do. That's the, the gift that Hashem has given to each and every one of us. The gift. Hashem should help each and every one of us. We should be Zoha as we begin a new week. Yes, oh, Rabbi Norton. What, guys, if Rabbi Norton had, is raising his hand to say, Rabbi Norton is a holy, holy Jew. I said it quickly. My point was, relax with Israel. He's doing the best thing for Israel. Shimon Gold, everyone here, everyone here is doing the best thing you could do for Eretz Yisrael, the best thing you could do for the Jewish people, the best thing you could do for Biden and Trump, 
The best thing you could do for tsunamis, the best thing, and know what that is? That, know what that is? That's making your time in the base medrash, bettering yourself, changing yourself, connecting to Torah, connecting to Hashem. There's nothing else that we could do. Now, Shimon, who happened to have served in the Israeli army, in the Tzava, Shimon, so if, they, if Shimon came to me and says, Rabbi, they asked me, if Shimon came to me, I'm being serious, I'm saying this as a live question. Shimon, chas v'shalom, right? Israel needs Shimon gold. And they say, Rabbi, should I go ahead and should I go out and go to the troops and help them out there? So everyone thinks they might know what I'm going to say. What I would say to a guy like Shimon is very possibly not. Should I tell you why I'm saying that? Because Shimon is a guy who learns and davens and is on the front lines as a warrior in our base measures. He's a warrior. He's a warrior. So unless, so unless he's part of a of a of an elite unit going into a you know to do a crazy mission, that could be. But Stam for him to sit there on the border is fine. We could find other people. It doesn't mean that I would tell him not to. I'm just saying is that we don't realize, or let me say better, we do realize. I'm just reminding us how much we realize. When a person learns Torah in the base medrash, and a person set, spends his time in the base medrash, mashcheil base medrash, the effect that we have on the world, the effect that we have on the Jewish people, the effect that we have on the cosmos is something that we can't imagine. And the schus, and the schus that we have to be in Eretz Yisrael, the schus that we have to be in Eretz Yisrael, the schus that we have to be in Yeshiva, the schus that we have to be in a place that is working on ourselves and working on ourselves is something that is, is unparable. So chas v'shalom, Mayor, I'm happy you clarified of course, we have to daven for the Jewish people. We have to daven for everybody. We have to daven for tsunamis. We have to daven to make sure that, right, whatever they're saying, that, that if Trump is supposed to be the president, whatever they're saying is supposed to be, we have to daven and daven and daven. But we are, just the fact that we're doing what we're doing is the most valuable thing that a person can do. I want to say, I just have to say, Shechianu Vikimani, you can mark it on your calendar. It's a schuss to have Haraf Tawil back. I could say, I could say, as as, uh, as I'm very blessed, I'm very blessed to to uh, to have the relationship for the, the the years. I don't want to say how many years we have a relationship. Can I Nahara for for over 20, 20 something years, Baruch Hashem. And I could say, uh, besides the fact that it's a uh, that it's that it's it's Kamayim Panam Lapanam. Let me explain to you what that means. You have to understand that uh, I can relate to this very much also. Of course, it's beautiful for us to have Rabbi Tawil back. It's a blessing, Rabbi Tawil. But one of the things you can learn from someone like Rabbi Tawil is that uh, it's very possible that his excitement to be back is, is ten times everybody. Because a Jew, a Jew's uh, a fish, like a fish in water, like a fish, like the story with Rabbi Akiva, to know how, I don't know how Rabbi Tawil uh, was able to suffer as long as he suffered not being in Beis Medrash, not being in Beis Medrash, being in, in, uh, in the five towns, being in Long Island, 
So uh, I'm not only happy for us, Harav, and happy for me as a close chaver, I'm, I'm blessed to call myself a close friend of Rabbi Tawil, but uh, I know for yourself as well, it must be amazing to be back. I'm sure here, say a few words, Harav. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 say. Yeah. Yeah. Rav was just saying many times to give and to give. The second that you switch in your mind, I'm telling you, the second that you switch in your mind, how could I give? How could I be a giver? How could I give to the person next to me? How could I, ready for this one? How could I give to Hashem? Hashem is giving us all the time, every second. How could I give? You know what? Sometimes when you push yourself in learning, when you push yourself to do something that's hard for you to do. You know what that's doing? That's giving to Hashem. Hashem should help us all. We should be Zochas. We begin a new week. We begin a new week. It's a Sunday. Hashem should be Machazakas. And I'm telling you guys, time flies. We're almost at Kislev. We're almost in the middle of the month of Cheshvan. We're almost already making Sufganiyot, already making jelly donuts in the bakeries for Hanukkah. Right. Crazy. Started. They're just started. The year just started. But guess what? Time flies and take advantage. Take advantage as much as you can. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. And don't worry about your past because all you have is today. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Yeah.